Welcome back to another episode of Chats with the Starving Artist. Happy New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you all those that are listening and subscribing, leaving comment, comments, leaving feedback, uh, ratings, everything is very, very helpful. Um, those that have been inspired, uh, very, very grateful to, to have you and grateful to help and inspiration and connect you with dope creatives doing dope things. Um, have a lot of stuff happening this year, so super, super excited for that and um, super excited about today's episode. Um, we have an amazing creative friend, sister, inspirer, um, she's just dope, uh, Trey Harris, welcome to Chats with the Starving Artist and thank you for taking the time. Real quick, um, just introduce yourself, who are you, where are you from, and what's your form of creativity? Um, so my name is Trey Harris, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. I moved to New York uh, a little over 10 years ago now wow. for undergrad okay. and stayed ever since. Um, I studied, originally came to school to study dance mm -hmm. and realized that I wanted to kind of expand that, so yeah. I started studying performance art in general, so dance, theater, poetry, creative writing, and um, since then, I basically have been been creating multimedia performance art pieces, working in the film and television industry, writing, editing, and um, basically trying to figure out what a black performance artist looks like hmm. in the culture that we live in, yeah. in the times that we live in, considering the fact that growing up, I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think, I don't think, and I'm not just saying that, I don't think you're trying, I think you're doing it. Oh, thank you. You know, ever since, Trey is just, those of you who don't know her, she's really, really dope. And ever since I've known her, she's just always been this creative enigma to me, but just somebody that has a very, very just inspiring, like, aura, aesthetic, and just kind of has her own thing going on. And you automatically gravitate to it just because of the energy. So I don't really think that you're trying to like figure that out. I think you're actually creating that. Thank you. Um, and potentially, you know, it could be created, you know, you could be creating like a new thing, you know, just like you look at like our, our boys, Josh and Trav, like mm -hmm. they were like some of the first bloggers, fashion bloggers to kind of like yeah. really, really pop. So they created that lane in a, to an extent. Um, and you know, now they're kind of doing something else, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or just kind of have leveraged that for other opportunities. So yeah, cool. yeah I, I, I want you to look at just kind of like, and that's, I'm just saying that because we're friends, just yeah. look at more active verbs yes. try, instead of trying doing. Absolutely. Because you are, you Absolutely. are. Word. So, so through your journey yeah. from, you went to Parsons, right? Yeah, I went to the new school, yeah. Went to the new school. Okay, so through your journey at the new school and then just ultimately into like after coming out of there and just going professionally, like what even inspired you to study dance and like get into the arts or just even get into a creative field? Um, well, I actually, um, I started dancing probably about four years old. Wow. Uh, started dancing in the church, like all black folks start doing the arts in the church somewhere at some point. And yeah. that was my big influence when I was a young, young person, just seeing um, like liturgical dance and, and stuff like that. And then from there, I got uh, a dance teacher who was like, yeah, this is cool, but like, have you ever thought about like, becoming like a professional dancer like do you know what that looks like do you know hmm. what that entails and at the time I hadn't thought about it so I asked my mom if I could start taking more professional dance classes and she found a way and then I um, joined a company and started dancing more professionally as a young person so mm -hmm. from about the ages of like 12 to 16 yeah and um, 
went into high school and junior high school to study performing performing arts, namely dance and, and theater and acting and stuff. It wasn't probably until high school that I started taking writing more seriously and then once I got into college. So I've always been performing, but being a creator is something that I feel like really was fostered when I was an undergrad. Do you think being a creator is a gift or something that you acquire? Like, is it a gift a talent? Gift. I think it's a gift, but I think that what happens is that you find ways to fine-tune the gift and, and fine-tune that, that natural talent. I don't think that every performer is a creator. I worked with a lot of actors hmm. when I was an undergrad. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Okay. Yeah. A lot of performers aren't creators. Mm -mm. So that some of them can perform, but some of them can't create. Yeah, and most actors are not creators. Most hmm. actors are performers. They're vessels. They translate and manifest other people's work. Yeah. And they can do it brilliantly. Right. But that doesn't mean that they can necessarily create a character from their own brain and then manifest that character into something living. Hmm. I was in undergrad in acting classes and I started noticing that everybody in my class wasn't even necessarily interested in creating uh, alternative view or a new perspective or a new voice because frankly they were all and mostly white men and they had seen themselves reflected in film and television and on the stage their entire lives so there was no challenge. So they just wanted to adapt yeah. for lack of a better term like a character and kind of transform and transcend whatever their role was exactly. versus like in that role maybe improv and give back give a little pushback and create you know, an additional perspective. Exactly. Okay. Going back a little bit to, to be more, mm -hmm. were any of your roots creative? Was your mom creative, dad creative, sister, brother, cousins, aunt, uncle? Interestingly enough, both my parents dabbled in visual arts hmm. when they were younger, but neither of them considers themselves an artist, mm -hmm. and, and neither of them pursued it. Okay. So I didn't actually grow up with a lot of art and culture in my home. Yeah. It was literally something that I was called to and that I sought out. Right. Most of the women in my family, collectively speaking, are very, um, I like to say that they're like military women. They're hmm. all like gun-toting, FBI, CIA agents, customs, yeah. Air Force, <laughs> like these are Got those government jobs. Broads with some right. government jobs. They got okay. pensions, you know. The idea of being an artist was one, not safe. Right. And, and two, kind of ridiculous. Like, why would you be an artist and potentially be starving when you could have a good government job? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting perspective, talking about, like, not being safe. I think that that's just a challenge right now. Like, you know, we talk about, I consistently talk about the age of the creative. I think everybody's a creative one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether that TSA agent or that, mm -hmm. you know, person is <laughs> being creative in how they go to work and how they style, whatever the case may be. Looking at being an adult, being in New York City, having to be responsible, you know, and and age of the creative, like this is like, in my opinion, more than ever, like right now is a time where like a real, real boom in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And people really, you know, and I don't know if it's a millennial thing. I, I've seen some older people that aren't part of the millennial generation as well, just kind of moving into that lane. But, you know, being an entrepreneur isn't safe at all. Yeah. Can you just talk about a little bit of, and we've talked about it before when you, you came to Harlem and we did uh, uh, with Marcus Samuelson Night in Harlem, but can you talk a little bit about, like, your journey and just kind of some of the challenges you faced in not being safe, mm -hmm. you know, from studying, studying what you studied in school to then getting out of school and 
you know, New York is a place that it's the land of opportunity. So, you know, in your world, I see a lot of different, and I don't just look at you as an actor, I look at you as a multidisciplinary artist or multidisciplinary creative. Mm -hmm. And that's still, I feel like I'm boxing you in by saying that, but it's primarily with actors in New York, a lot of people, you know, work in the service industry and kind of like fine breaks that way. So, but then you've also just knowing you personally, I know you've dibbled and dabbled into a bunch of different mm -hmm. things. So can you talk a little about like your challenges and like not wanting to be safe or being safe and yeah. have you been safe at any point? Like, Yeah, I think that um, initially right after graduation, I was uh, very jaded about the idea of going into the industry in any way. Yeah. You know, when you go to art school, specifically when you go to that kind of institution, they have so many, they have such a vast network. Yeah. So they have casting agents, managers, and people coming into your classroom and trying to vet you and trying to, you know, get you to come onto their teams. And I wasn't interested. Hmm. I didn't sit down with anyone. I didn't take a meeting. And it's so interesting because the person at the time who wanted to take a meeting with me was Carrie Washington's agent at the time. Wow. And I was like, no, not interested. Okay. Uh, mainly, I think, because of how jaded I was with my experience at the new school, being the only person of color in my department for mm. the entire time I was there. The opportunities that were given to me by the department, whack. Mm. You know, inanimate objects, far off distant cousins of somebody, mm. you know, just like very, very arbitrary characters, very arbitrary work. And I just felt like, wow, if this is a reflection of what this industry is like, I'm not interested. I need to figure out something else that I want to do. So that's how you were creative and creating something, a different narrative as a performance artist. Yeah. Okay. And the challenge, I think, once I graduated was to figure out how to take these different mediums that I had been studying for the past four years and find an outlet different than the one I kind of had been bred to be a part of. And um, I went into corporate America for a while. I okay. was a corporate social worker, a for-profit corporate social worker, like the devil. Okay. Working. I can see I, mean, I can see you being a social worker just because of like your sociology skills yeah. or social skills and kind of looking, you know, I can see you working with families and kids and, and stuff exactly, like that. That's exactly what I did. I worked with families, helping them get placement from domestic violence shelters into, into housing, getting public benefits, like all of these things, but literally like draining my soul, right? Like yeah. In no way, shape or form being filled up, giving a lot though, and um, wanting to give a lot and never regretting that aspect of it. But the only thing that I was regretting is that I knew I wasn't fulfilling something within myself. Hmm. And I sent my like two weeks notice letter to like my managers and I literally said, like, I'm going to go be an actor and, like, follow, like, my dream, my path, what I went to school for. And they laughed at me. <laughs> they, 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 wow. They, they laughed. And wow. I'll never forget that because I remember I remember in that moment being, like, they're laughing now, but right. I'm going to be laughing later because I already know that I can do this. Right. It was just a matter of me not really being interested because I was so jaded for so long. Yeah. But being corporate America reminded me that this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money I'm making. It doesn't matter how consistent and safe that feels. Yeah. There's a certain level of freedom that I felt like would come from me abandoning that safety and really going out and, and believing in myself and knowing it as opposed to just kind of feeling it a little bit and being unsure. I feel like a big part of being comfortable and a lack of safety is being confident in your knowing of who you are and right. yourself. Right. And I feel like that is what's supported me a lot 
because sometimes the money just hasn't been there. Yeah. You know, sometimes it was hard. Some places, sometimes I was thinking about, man, I got to go back to Baltimore. But I believe in myself. Right. I already know. I know how that goes. What's, I mean, to that point, like, it's just financial stuff. What's the toughest thing you kind of went through in that transition of, like, I'm going to quit this social work thing to go now, pursue creativity, artist, being an artist, being an actor full time? Like, was it financial? Was it, is that the toughest thing you saw? Like, you know, what could just, and I only say that without, like, diving too in right to get personal but you know like somebody out there is probably listening that's like trying to figure out you know maybe in the same position or you know maybe they might already be starving i think it's maybe not even so much just the financial aspect but the lack of certainty Hmm. like not because i felt like well i mean you know you might have to eat ramen for a few days like three days straight or something like that that wasn't much of the issue it was just more of the uncertainty of i don't know where the next thing is going to come whereas before i had become so accustomed to just knowing yeah and i think that once i abandoned my attachment to a certain level of security and stability based on what I had built it to be from before, mm-hmm. then I was able to kind of embrace and accept the fact that I can't have comfort and stability in a sense of unknowing. Hmm. The void can be a safe space. So you ex- you embraced the journey versus, you know, looked at it as a challenge and just kind of accepted where you were and that's helped you move forward? It's helped me move forward and it helps me continue to move forward. Hmm. This is an off question real quick. How creative did you get in those like ramen moments, like with food? Like what was like, what was the craziest thing you've concocted? I mean, to, like, if you've ever watched Newlyweeds, some of the yeah. most disgusting <laughs> high snacks that yeah. were featured in Newlyweeds was a yeah. lot of the crap that okay. I ate in my, like <laughs> sriracha on my ramen, thinking wow. I'm really in like Japan, trying to like <laughs> throw a little sage, a little basil in there, try to make it real cute, like chop up some tofu if it's left over. Like, okay. we, we got we got creative with the ramen. Okay. I mean, I think there's even like now, right? Like I've faced, just as an entrepreneur as well, like I faced those financial challenges yeah. and like, you know, being like, all right, I have to, you know, allocate my money here or do, you know, make whatever stretch. So I've, I've moved past ramen from college, right. but like now it's like, all right, I can go get a box of pasta for a dollar, have some olive oil, mm-hmm. you know, throw some Italian seasoning, oregano, right. some you spices. Yeah, you got to a fresh meal. You yeah. get get a bag of greens and you're good, you yeah. know. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Get creative. Okay. You realize you can cook a lot better than you thought you could. Yeah. So you again, like I said, I feel like I'm boxing. You want to say multidisciplinary, but you're also you. You know, I'm sure you've kind of concocted different like food things and oh, yeah. and stepped into other creative realms outside of just being a performance artist. Yeah, and especially with my my um, I'm really into holistic health in a um, not in the most like hippie new age way, but just in a like self care kind of way. And mm-hmm. I feel like a big part of that is also being my like studying astrology, studying hmm. natal charts, sharing that with other people, people then getting invested in not just my career and not just me as an artist, but me as a spiritual being and the things that I have to share and impart. Um, I create potions and elixirs. Like people who know me personally know, know that. that I'm into like creating really ethereal things, things that are here for the moment, but also disappear. That's why I'm a performance artist as opposed to a musical artist that you can kind of go online and capture and hold on to certain things. Mm-hmm. When I do live performances, I usually don't even let people record them right it's a moment it's yeah experience. you have to be in the moment you have to be there and um, I'm every product that I create for me is something that I feel like is a very um, momentary momentary but also long-lasting kind of 
sense memory, kinesthetic, like all of these things are what I'm invested in and interested in in art and I'd like to translate it into all the different endeavors that I have. Hmm. So, I mean, I think I knew going back to the holistic health and wellness and just kind of like, you know, your core spiritually and stuff like that. I got a sense, we didn't know each other too much, too great at that point. Mm -hmm. I kind of seen you around and been around Jesse and everybody. Yeah. Um, and you did the, I think it was a, it was an interlude or an intro on the Zulu Guru album that Jesse and Mello put together. Yeah. I think it actually might have been the intro yeah, to the, the record. Intro, yeah. And that's when I kind of got the, the sense of, and I didn't get to that point yet of kind of like awareness mm -hmm. um, and awakening or being woke or whatever, just in life about, you know, what life's about and, and why we're here and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. listening to that, like when you say that, the, the dots connected for me at that point listening to that intro because we were talking about the sun and when you talk about like astrology and stuff like that so like how much is that holistic um, aspect and your spiritual aspect and the things that you've kind of taken up impacted kind of how you move right because that was like and did you you didn't perform that in front of people or did you um, was it like a recording we recorded that in an elevator Okay, because it did. I hear, I heard echoes. So I, I recorded it in an elevator. Okay. Yeah, and okay. literally, we're on the bottom floor. I started recording it. By the time we got to the top, the doors opened, and that was it. We did it in one take, and uh, just fit. And that's... I didn't even have it memorized before that. We just was like, he just like, just do it. Jesse's very, um, he, especially when I was younger, he was really big on pushing me to just do it. Hmm. And um, that was one of those kind of moments that was just like him, like just do it. So did your, your your holistic experience, were you just, were you woke already? Were you getting there? Or like, because you talked about some of that, yeah. in that in that, in that piece. Yeah, um, I definitely started, uh, I've always been really, um, especially when I was younger, really political. Hmm. And uh, for me, the political has always been very personal and it's not necessarily about politics. Yeah, right. So um, I think that my, um, my militant nature, my, um, my natural feminine aggression, those aspects of me kind of ushered me into wanting to explore more of the spiritual stuff because I felt like there were questions about things that I felt like I wasn't getting from hmm. the surface. Hmm. And um, my pathway in was actually through religion. Hmm. Um, I, I started out by studying all of the religions. I studied hmm. Christianity, specifically Catholicism. I studied Judaism. I studied Islam. Um, I studied Hinduism. I studied Buddhism. And then went to all of those countries and studied them in, in the countries of origin. Wow. And after that experience, I came up to the conclusion that most people come up to if you do something like that, which is all the shit is the same anyway. It is. It's all from the same I mean, source. that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but it's like the core principle out of and I haven't studied everything but I know people from those different faiths and just kind of listening to and having dialogue with them the core principle out of everything is love yeah. and then I think the differences that come from those things are or the different faiths everybody subscribes to God mm -hmm. they may call him something different mm -hmm. um, whether it's Allah G, like mm -hmm. you know God Joseph Smith whoever some of that maybe cults, <laughs> culture, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But And then you have, I think in, in a lot of them, you have like the earthly or second beings of that. You know, whether it's Haley Selassie, Jesus, mm -hmm. um, um, Elijah Muhammad, whoever. Yeah, for sure. You know, but the core of that is love. 
and I think that that's you know there's like a lack of humanity again it's a whole other separate conversation yeah. we just have to have that another time because we can talk I can talk about that stuff forever. for hours yeah but that's that's kind of what made me then be like okay I have to get beneath the religion now because if all of these things are pretty much coming from one core one source what is that one source yeah so then I start looking for the source and then that's what kind of ushered me into spirituality into my path on my spiritual knowing and um it's informed all, everything that I do now. Hmm. Do you have a process like as you're creating that you incorporate into that, right? Like, so some people have, when you look at like athletes, right? Like, you know, they might have a ritual, they tie their shoes a certain way or they do the, like very superstitious sort of things or like, you know, LeBron, like, I don't know if he still does it, the powder thing before the game. Um, so do you have any sort of like rituals or things that you do to kind of prepare you know when you're when you're what's your process like for that like spiritually and just kind of those my entire life is extremely ritualistic like hmm. everything I do is ritualistic from waking up in the morning to lighting sage putting on a certain type of music I'm really into aromatherapy everything is ritual for me most of the performances that I do are actually grand scale rituals hmm. and I in a lot of ways use my, my audience my spectators to be a part of my rituals and they enhance what I'm doing and creating with their energy. That's why I'm always very specific about the space in which I do my work in and how many people are allowed to see my work. Everything is about numerology. What day of the week does it fall on? What month is it in? What season is it in? How many bodies would be in the room? What are the male to female ratios? How does that balance out with the energy that I'm trying to keep in the space? What colors am I using? What smells? Like all of it. So you're literally thinking about all the details of the experience and then looking at like how that ties into what you want to convey and them to receive and then also kind of like what you want to put out into Absolutely. the universe. It's all of that. So that's why I, still, I, I don't, that's why I'm not performing, you know, every week. Yeah. That's why I'm not I mean, even, when is the next time you're having something? Because I, I don't think I've been, I've seen you do things, but I haven't been to one of your experiences. I actually, so in 2014, I shot my detachment film. So you cut your hair. Where I cut off my locks and I, which was a, large-scale ritual um, in which I allowed 50 guests to come and be a part of it mm. with me, and I, then I allowed the rest of the guests in the audience to cut off the remainder of my hair. What? Because I saw like a, tra a trailer. Uh -huh. I don't think I saw the whole thing. Yeah, so I'm releasing it soon. Oh, that's and dope. releasing it as a part of a fully curated exhibition on detachment. What? And when I say sense memory and kinesthetic response, there's something to see, smell, taste, That's touch, sick. feel. Where I'm building structures to find new ways of having people experience film. I'm not submitting to any of the film festivals. That's something that Trey Harris, the industry actor, participates in. We go to the film festivals. You do that. You do a you do a, you do that circuit. My performance art stuff is something completely different. I'm looking to do that kind of work and create that and create those kind of experiences in gallery spaces, yeah. in museums. That's the goal for that kind of work. Our work deserves to be shown and highlighted on that platform as well. I agree, Maria. You know there are there are a lot of um, there are a lot of European women doing really. Um, shitty performance artwork and getting praise for it because they're finding ways to exoticize and commodify yeah. black bodies mm. under the guise of being provocative and evocative and I'm like or exploitative hmm. at its core and I'm kind of over it Yeah. and I want to see work in these spaces that's 
actually coming from people of color, women of color, that are being really critical in, in thinking about things that transcend race, color, and gender. Things that are just about like human experiences. And if you can get past the fact that I am talking about these experiences through my vessel, then you might actually get to have an experience that could be transformative to you regardless of what you look like. That's, I think that that's dope as far, like, I mean, everything's dope, but, and I'm not just saying, I don't say dope, just to <laughs> fucking say it, but I think it's dope because, you know, you create, you create a product, right, which is the art, right, yeah. or, or the body of work, that's the product um, that you're either selling, that mm -hmm. you're exhibiting, showcasing, whatever, but within that, like, I, I fuck with the fact that like you're extremely particular like you did this because I remember I hadn't seen you in a minute and then I ran into you downtown at Henri mm -hmm. and you had a hat on so I'm just thinking <laughs> your locks are in your hat and then I'm like wait you cut your hair and and, and it's crazy because that's this is two years ago yeah. now or three maybe almost in almost close three, to three years yeah. you know what I mean and the, you still haven't even like, I don't know if you told me that it was a whole performance art piece, but like the fact that you still haven't quote unquote released it yet mm -hmm. is dope because you want it to be great. Yeah. Versus just like putting out some shit. Like, like do you do that with everything or yes. is that just, man, that's sick. I have an extremely long process. I'm, 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 I'm very big on process. Hmm. Um, in the new school, that was uh, something that I can honestly say I was institutionalized into learning and understanding, but for me, the process is as important as the product. Yeah. So, um, and because I do ritual work, and the way that I do look at my performance work as being ritual is that ritual is all about the preparation. Hmm. So, for me, all of the pieces matter when it comes to that. So, I will spend time working through that process and making sure that everything that I want and need to come through is coming through. That's, yeah, that's dope. I mean, I, I get, I mean, again, I've known you for years, but it's like getting, not even getting a, diving into what the process is, but like understanding that and really understanding that like you've done a lot of things and we're going to obviously dive into those in a second, but like you're a real artist. Like you're not just a cool kid that's like posing and like, yeah, I'm going to like mm -hmm. tweak this and I'm going to dress like this and do like you studied art and creativity yeah. and performance and like, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's super, super dope because there's a lot of people out here that are posers yeah. and that, you know, want to look a certain way or just kind of want to be cool mm -hmm. versus like create something. I just, I tweeted the other day, I think it's interesting, like I said, uh, is it me or does everybody want to influence the culture or shift the culture? Yeah. You know, and like, what does that even mean yeah. at this point? It's a big, it's a big conversation though. That's like one of those words being thrown around like influencer yeah like there's yeah. i mean an influencer is somebody in my opinion if we want to talk about like the lands the marketplace yeah. of anything influencer to me is somebody that affects purchasing decisions and ultimately a bottom line yeah like so kanye is an actual re real life influencer oh, in my yeah. opinion oh yeah so you see everybody dressing like him buying his shoes whatever the case may be but then there's other people that just have a million followers on Instagram and it's like you know I had a call yesterday with somebody talking about hey we work with influencers and I was like what's an influencer like and what is that even yeah and how are you determining that and, and and having had experience in marketing and advertising it's just 
some nomenclature that a marketing exec made up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because bloggers got the, the term blogger got dated, mm -hmm. and it's like now I, I run into people that want to be blog. I'm like, why do you want to be a blogger for what? Like, why don't you just why do you box yourself into being a blogger? You know, do you want free free clothes? Do you want like what do you you know what I mean? So I think it's just really really dope that you're actually like doing this shit for real. You know what I mean? And I've seen you out here hustling from obviously being on Jesse's record, then being on Jesse's cover, mm -hmm. right? Like, was that a performance art piece too? Like yeah. the whole playing chess? Yeah. Because I didn't even know you at that point, but I was just like, yo, who's, and I, you know, being a pervert. <laughs> girl. Yeah, I was like, who's this naked? Okay, dope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It actually was inspired by um, a, French photo a French photo that um, was an artist in his muse. Hmm. So it's a recreation. I think I might have seen that. Yeah, it's a, a recreation of that image, but also that performance piece. And it's so interesting because that, that image has so much of a visual response. I mean, mainly because it's probably on, it's on iTunes, so you have like yeah. millions of people who have access to see it. But on top of that, it was interesting to hear the conversations that were surrounding that image. And it, it was such an enlightening moment to me because Jesse was always been like a big brother to me, someone who's like looked out for me, someone who's app supporting, who has supported me in the same way. But people are initial always go to like, that's hypersexual, she's being sexualized, she's being this, being that. And I'm like, well, I'm mad queer. Anybody who knows me knows that that's just not the alley that I'm walking down in a dark night. But you don't put that out. I know that. But I don't, you don't put, put it that out, out. But I also don't put out that I'm out here like dating all of these men and even open or even um, or even available in that way. I really make it about what I do. Right. So it's interesting that it, that was the first time for me that I had ever had people talking about my sexuality and like my body and it was it was fine. I, I was like, yeah, you know, I can handle this. <laughs> I, I think, is there a line in your opinion between like nudity and art? And for you, I'll assume that that was an artistic thing versus a, I'm gonna be half naked on this in yeah. this picture you know is there a line between nudity and art yeah I mean I'm real like I'm real natural like I got body hair it's all, it's all good for me like whatever I go to nudist resorts <laughs> to nature's resorts like I'm, my nude body to me isn't particularly some people look at nudity as being really sacred hmm. I look at nudity as like brushing your teeth like you're naked hmm. you're more naked naked is naked but I am aware that our culture, our, our media, the world around us looks at and sexualizes our new bodies in a very particular way. Yeah. And I'm always, it's always important for me that I have control of my narratives. Hmm. And for me, I just make certain decisions about the way in which I will showcase my nudity in my body based on me feeling like the narrative is something that I have control of. I don't ever want to do something that I feel like somebody could like take my head, superimpose it on to like some like porn star's body, and then right. you know there's some like trash going around that's not even me. I mean, right. sure it's possible for anyone, but like I like to be really sure that what I'm putting out is something that my mom and my grandma wouldn't necessarily be embarrassed about. Were they good with that? They, I mean, you know, my mom's like, "It's your breast. Are you sure you're okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm fine. She's like. You look good, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just they, and plus they know I'm prude. That's the other side of. Wow, that's interesting. Me. I'm extremely. That's an interesting prude. dichotomy. Yeah, extremely, extremely conservative. Like uh, I don't even, I'm not even a sexy dressing type of girl. So, shit. in my own way, you know. So I think that sometimes for me, um, 
I try to make it very clear to people that nudity isn't about sex for me necessarily, but hmm. I'm super aware that it can be for other people. And hmm. I have to be aware of that. You know, I have a lot of respect for strippers. I think strippers are popping. Like, they're naked all the time and super free and never concerned what anyone has to say about their bodies. Yeah. It's respectable, you know, in a culture that shames us for having bodies and showcasing them, but then also like try to forces us to show our bodies and showcase them. It's so confusing, especially when you're like a young girl. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, for you, that was like, and you guys haven't seen it, not to put her out there like that. <laughs> um, you know, our, our friend Jesse Boykins a third years ago, and we were young at that. That's yeah, crazy. Young. I don't um, think I was, I might have just turned 21. Wow. So Jesse put out a record uh, called Before the Night is Through, and Trey and Jesse are on the the cover art for the record. Um, you can go on iTunes and find it. Not to, like, you know, be a lurk or be a creep, but th that's what we're referencing mm -hmm. right now. So from that, like, have, like what, is, what else has come? Has anything else come out of that, like, to that point? Like, has it been positive feedback, bad, like, good feedback, bad feedback? Like, I would say it was mostly positive feedback um you know that maybe a few people on tumblr were a little bit like oh he's exploiting her she's but you know that's um that's also what comes along with people being very ashamed of their bodies mm. they want to try to shame other people's bodies Facts. so i don't internalize those kind of things um people i did for a while get a couple like super creepy um creepy photographer dudes like <laughs> oh can you do a shoot you know like nah bruh I'm also not that person there are a lot of beautiful black women out here who are shooting with all the photographers and booty and, and showcasing their bodies and I think that that's fine that's not my race right so I wasn't um, interested in doing that at all but um that doesn't mean that I have an issue with my nudity. Hmm. You know, I've done a nude shoot where I was completely covered in like white powder under these really harsh lights and I look like a ghost. You know, if I want to do things that are nude and about nudity, I want to make sure that I do them and they have some kind of message that's beyond just like, look at my body. That's dope. That's dope. So it's multifaceted if you're yeah. doing something like that. And just in general, I'm just gathering from that, that with everything that you do, with everything that you create, it's multifaceted yeah, it's it's not it's not just black and white mm -hmm. are there yeah, times you've done stuff that's just black and white or not well not not nudity but just probably, probably the commercial work that i've done like working on orange is the new black working on working on newly weeds working on a lot of tv and film all basically all of my film stuff except maybe um or inu which was a film that came out late last year that's about Afro-Brazilian spirituality, hmm. about the practice of condomble in Brazil. And um, my character isn't practicing, she grew up practicing and, and doesn't allow her daughter to practice anymore because of the, her fear of what happens when African religions and African spiritual practices are made mainstream and then they're, they're bashed and they're accosted and then they're hidden and put into the woods in the back somewhere because any embrace of our culture in that way is something that are, is feared. Yeah. So that particular film resonated with me so deeply because it was so much more about the spiritual, about hmm. the spirituality and Yamaya is in the film and we shot it in Trinidad on the beach where That's we're it. literally doing these live rituals that are being filmed by a crew, you know, that 
has now been picked up and has hit the film festival circuit and is like doing really great. So here and there I get film opportunities that connect, but for the most part, a lot of the commercial stuff is literally black and white. So when so when you're when you're acting as far as like getting a new role versus creating you know the performance piece for your hair or one of your experience or rituals when you're acting it's more black and white yeah. when you're creating it's very much like you're immersed it's multifaceted it has a million meanings whatever whatever open for interpretation most definitely like, I went to school I studied art I studied theater I studied writing I studied dance so when it comes to acting that can be very technical for me especially when it's like you book, a, you book a gig, you do a job, that's work. You know, there's this expectation that even though it is art, the acting world, the, the theatrical world, that's a very professional industry. You need to come in and know your stuff. So it's expected that when I come onto a set that I know my lines, I can deliver them with the emotion that needs to be delivered in the time that it needs to be, with the accent that I need to have. You know, whatever the technical aspects of it are, it's extremely technical though. Word. It's not about me as an artist at that point. They right. don't even care about who I am. Because you're just coming here to do a job. Come in and do my job, yeah. Okay. What What's it like? I mean, this is a silly question. It's not a silly question, but it is. I mean, I have as well, but what's it like being on TV, being in movies, like being on Netflix, being on Netflix for numerous things, not just for one thing. Like, what's, what does that feel like? Like, how fulfilling, like, is that for what you studied, for what you wanted to pursue and what your goals were? Is that like one, is that partly fulfilling? Like to be like, yo, I'm on Netflix, I'm on Orange is New Black, like I'm on Newlyweeds, like what's that like? Um, you, you know, it, uh, it's interesting. Um, the thing that, the, well one of the goals that comes out of it is that I have this large platform that people can see my work internationally, right? So that is amazing because that, that is what I want. I do want to be able to share my work with people all over the world. The flip side of that is like I'm super. Um, it's still something that I'm never sure how comfortable I can get with people who I don't know, knowing who I am, getting really excited about knowing who I am because they see the work that I've done so and they connect to it so they feel like they know me. So when they approach me, it's like, oh my God, Trey, <laughs> and, and me. I'm kind of standoffish a little bit when I meet people, but that's because how I observe and, and how my energy works. So I'm always kind of like, whoa, hi, right. what's going on, you right. know? And that is that trying to find that dynamic and that balance is it's uh, it can be a little weird sometimes. And now that I have film work that's like on regular basic cable, yeah, there's all types of folks, you know, who wait, what's the what's the stuff that's on on basic cable? So if you, are you familiar with Arise TV? Yeah. So I have a film on Arise called the NIX for T. Okay. Oh wait, is that the one that we showed? We uh, yes. the scene outside of the Brooklyn Museum. Yes. Okay. That film okay. is on Arise. Okay. And I have family and friends and people I went to elementary school hit me up like, oh my God, I've just seen you on TV. <laughs> being on being on internet platforms, being in films and theaters, and being on basic cable. That's like a whole nother type of access that I don't even think I ever really thought about. You know, the next thing is like basic network TV. Now you're just talking about like Joe Schmo from Wisconsin, wherever, bumblefuck somewhere is like seeing your work. And I never think about getting access to, to that kind of but it's good, audience. Though. But it's great. It's great. 
because I do think and I am proud of the work that I do as far as like being a voice of something that I had never seen before. So if Joe Schmo in Wisconsin is seeing like what it's like to have a modern day black experience in Brooklyn, that's interesting. Yeah, that's dope. I, there's two, I mean, we just, you talked about like when you're acting, when you're, when you're, when you get casted for a role and you take on the role, you know, that's very, very black and white. It seems like, knowing a little bit of you personally, it seems like your role in Orange is the New Black, and then even like some of Newlyweeds, mm -hmm. it seemed like those had a little bit of like personal sort of like touches to them. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it, so if you guys haven't seen, Trey is in Orange is the New Black, I wanna say it's season two or three, mm -hmm. episode one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I didn't, you told me you, you did it, and I didn't know what your role, I didn't, you know, I, I was just watching the whole thing, and I, I haven't watched it in like a couple seasons, so I'm so behind now. But I feel like that particular role that you had, like, it looked like a little bit of Be More came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. it looked like that was like a little bit, a little Be More, a little spring. I was like, okay, she went to Be More on with uh -huh. him. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was it's so funny how that happens sometimes. Like, the character is like, talking shit to Piper about like being a white girl or like something about like this black man and like all of this and I'm like bro that's totally like Baltimore Triana as like a teenager yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like super like aggressive and yeah. like sassy and like Word. What, that happens a lot with, with I get a lot of opportunities like that in my work to really pop through some elements of characters that I always wish I wanted to see I'm forever indebted and inspired to by Jada Pinkett being the only actress that I can think of that came out of Baltimore and really held it down right. for that being a thing. Like when she was on um, uh, Hillman. Oh, um, Different World. Different World. When she was on Different World, she was from Baltimore. I had never seen a character from Baltimore on TV before. Right. That was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> you know? So I always try to sprinkle a little bit of be more in, in what hmm. I do so that people can, you know, hear the twang, the I just heard, I just heard the, the do. do. I just heard the do. I like to throw that in. I don't, I don't want to lose that. That's, that's you went to the same school as Jada, right? Yeah. Well, and Tupac, right? Or was they that? They went to the Performing Arts Academy that is the only Performing Arts Academy in Baltimore. And my grandmother and mother actually advised me to not go there mm. because they wanted me to go to a college prep school. Okay. So that I could do a little bit more of the scholastic route. And then I decided for college that I was going to go to art school. Okay. Dope. Dope. So then, going real, back real quick, it seems like also Newlyweeds is like a little bit personal. Yeah. You know, I know that you incorporate cannabis just kind of like into your daily yeah. life and into your lifestyle. So, yeah. like, it seemed like that was like when Shaka was putting that together, you know, were you like totally for it because that's what you already were doing? Or was it just. You know, because that's a feature film, and like, what does it even feel like to be in a feature? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's on Netflix now, and you know, it chopped the film festival circuit for a little bit. And I remember I was working with Saint and Shaka to, yeah. I don't remember what we were doing, but um, that's uh, Shaka sent me the link, and really, really dope, dope. So it seemed like that was like a little bit personal into like a little bit of who Trey is, and that I know at least. Yeah. It was super serendipitous because Shaka and I didn't know each other before that. Mm. We hadn't ever met before. And he didn't even know if I was an actor. Hmm. He just saw images of me. He heard my name from some folks, and he hit me up on Facebook. And then we met, and I was like, we're from the same tribe. 
we vibe in. I just happen to also be a really, um, a really strong proponent of the cannabis lifestyle. Like I'm working with companies now out of like Canada and out of Seattle who are like building all these really boutique strands of like really interesting things and I'm mm -hmm. like yeah this is a big part of what I represent as well and I remember it being a point where that was completely taboo too to be like an artist interested in like being in the industry being mainstream in some kind of way but then also affiliating yourself with something that seemed to be deviant but if my first feature film that like went to Sundance and was in theaters was about me being a pothead. So at some point, my entire family is looking at me like, "Is that your life?" And was I'm it like, easy to yeah. Was it easy to, to step into that role? Oh, super easy, <laughs> super easy. I felt like the character was definitely a little more of a immature, kind of young version of myself at the time, but like super fam super familiar. Dope. So looking at right, having gotten to Orange's New Black. The film that's on the rise, I forget what's the name of that? That is Didn't I Ask for Tea. And I Asked for Tea. Or Newlyweeds. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a ton of other things. Yeah. Like now, do you, when you got these things or when these things came out, and even like more of the growth, because I'm sure that there's a bunch of stuff, like I, I, I stay away from social as much as I can. Yeah. Outside of having like real life interaction and catching up and saying, yo, what's good? How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Right, so like I'm sure there's a ton of other things that you yeah. have as well. Sure. Now, do you look back at these your your former boss that you you know you mm -hmm. said that laughed at you and like you know is it kind of like a big middle finger or you is it kind of like love and like all right cool like I told you, I told you you know because I'm sure you haven't even to me I, I think you just kind of just really like loaded the gun, you know what I mean mm -hmm. you, like. You did a test shot, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So you, you had some caps, so you didn't mm -hmm. really have the bullets. Like, I don't really feel like you really shooting, shooting yet. Yeah, no, and so I either. believe it's just gonna just continue to, to, to grow and, and, and expand. So you look at these people now and just be like, yo, F y'all, how do you? It's so funny, um, a, a few of them are like super big supporters. Wow. They saw something in me, even in my black baggy suit that I wore every day because I refused to have more than one suit. <laughs> like, I'm not having more than one suit. They saw something in me then with my dreadlocks like tight back into a bun and like wearing long sleeves because I'm like tatted. Like they saw something then. They're like, yeah, this isn't really the place for you, is it? And now they're like, oh, that's the place for you. And I did go back and, and, and see them a few years after hmm. and was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing what I said I was going to do. And they all were then like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we kind of figured, you know, you, you were always so different, you know. Oh, so you couldn't even, I couldn't even give them what I wanted to give them yeah. because they found a way to spin it into, oh, we always knew. That Lies. You, you know? <laughs> Lies and deceit. <laughs> you know how that goes. So, um, I'm actually really grateful that for the most part, people support me. As they should. You know? You, you do dope shit. People support me, and I think because I'm, I'm just never, I'm just really into producing and putting out quality shit. Yeah. And um, I don't really have anything out there that I'm ashamed of. Right. I think that people see that, and people are like, all right, she's really about her shit, and she's about what she's doing, so I get a lot of, I get a lot of love, and I get a lot of support. Word, that's what's up. I know we, we gotta get you out of here soon. There's a couple more questions. Like, so looking at that path, right? Like, be more to college prep school, to the new school, to social work, mm -hmm. to uh, then quitting. I'm gonna be an actor, artist. 
finessing, doing different jobs, working at different places, taking different acting gigs, yeah. still performing poetry here and there, right? Like, and then now kind of starting your own thing, yeah. you know, what's, what does that feel like? And then even like, not necessarily what's next, but like, I know you got Medusa's Daughters. Yeah. Then, like, I feel like you've incorporated a lot of things that we talked about, like your spirituality, mm -hmm. your, you know, your knowledge of astrology, your sort of political informed radicalism. Mm -hmm. From what I know, some of, like, all this stuff is, like, shaping into the core of, like, what it looks like you're working on now or the direction that you're going with Medusa's Daughters talking about that earlier and you know I just kind of knew it on the surface it's just kind of like okay you and China mm -hmm. doing you know creating a series creating some content dope you know I didn't know there was going to be this dialogue and all this other mm -hmm. stuff that's going to come to it so like what is that like now and then kind of like how is that shaping like the direction that you're heading in and just as a creator as a creative as an artist as a ritual, mm -hmm. ritualist, I don't know if that's a word, but. Yeah, sure, we can use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, th I believe that it's, uh, everything has gotten me to this place. Um, I am at a place now where, as an artist, I'm super confident about myself as a performer, so much so that now I feel like it's time for me to see the picture more holistically, and as much as I'm in front and on stage, I need to be behind the scenes and behind the camera and on that end as well, pushing and creating the content that I want to see myself in. Mm -hmm. um, I left my agency and my management in the fall of last year, mm -hmm. and I'm 100% free agent. Word. Like, no one is sending me out for anything, and I need it and need this space and time to really focus on exactly what it is that I want to do. I found that there was a point where doing those random acting gigs was, you know, you get money, you get exposure, but it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah. You know, so um, being in a place where I'm creating Medusa's Daughters with Chena, um, conceptualizing my own production company that I'm still tossing around, but um, I believe it's gonna be called Nagaland Nymphs and even incorporating my spirituality and my, my path into business and production and, and how I create it and manifest in that way has is, is been really important for me. So I think that everything has just led to me getting to the point where as an artist, I'm really creating content and pushing that forward and pushing other young people to do the same thing too. Right. That's another big part of where I am in my life right now. It's like not just it's Trey pushing and creating content, but am I also instilling that in the youth that are coming under us as artists? Like create your own content, push your own work. Don't graduate and then go join an agency, get a manager and then go hit the auditions and then burn yourself out and then find a gig or not find a gig and work 10 jobs. Like. You don't need to work harder, you need to work smarter. Yeah. And be a lot more intentional about the things that you're doing. Like in New York, you can easily get distracted and think you have to have five jobs. Yeah. And still be broke. That's <laughs> a fact. And that is a hurtful feeling to yeah. have five jobs and still be broke. Because you're like, where is the money? I can't even enjoy the fact it costs, that I'm doing yeah, it. For sure. You know, so I, that is something that I'm really really big on now too like create the content and instill that in the youth that they're creating the content that's what the age of the creative forward. yeah that's what the age of the creative is about is yeah. really being able to step into that and do 
and step into your creativity, mm -hmm. the inner creativity that lies in everybody, yeah. you know? And I do think that you said something that was interesting, like, you know, instead of going the traditional route of working these five jobs or getting, you know, going to school and taking these random gigs and getting management and doing whatever, I do think there's some, there is a benefit to that oh, definitely. because you do get the, the industry experience. But yeah. then on the flip side, like you can either go the opposite route and kind of be a rebel, which, and go gorilla and create your own lane, which could be a little bit more challenging, oh, take a lot more time 100%. to get there and, and accomplish a lot of things you want to accomplish. Or as well, you know, you can kind of parallel path it and, you know, to your, oh, I think you kind of did this yeah. from what I know, like, you know, you had the management, you had these people representing you going on casting calls and whatever and auditions. And then at the same time, like building your own thing. Mm -hmm. And then now you've stepped back and kind of said, hey, I'm just going to focus on my thing. You know, I think that there's something to be said about that, but you have to hustle. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't just like say, all right, cool. Like I'm going to start my own thing and like never do it. Like, <clears throat> you know, we talk about in a couple of the other episodes earlier on this podcast is goal setting, mm -hmm. you know, holding yourself accountable and just doing it, you yeah. know, versus, and that's what I said at the beginning is it's like we have to have more active yeah. talks, you know, active t speaking versus just kind of, I'm going to try to like, no, because if you're going to try, it's never going to get done. You've got to start doing it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's interesting, like to see the path that you're going on now and like hearing about the new projects. Like I get excited. There's not even enough time for us mm. to continue to sit here and chat about it and kind of just get to speed with everything that you have going on. Yeah. But like, like I said, the cool one questions get you out. Like what in the path that you're going down now, creating your own production company, teaching, creating a model. And I, I mean, I think that you can actually fold that within your production company and just look at that as your body of work separate conversation we can have offline <laughs> but you know creating a, a, a an education and template and model mm -hmm. with some of the work that you're doing just kind of like not necessarily nine to five because this dives actually into your work as a writer as a mm -hmm. poet and then even to my in my opinion some of that sociology stuff mm -hmm. it dives into that too just kind of connecting with kids and having an educational element to that so with everything that you have going on like Right, like looking at the production company mm -hmm. stuff. Hey, I'm gonna create a series. Then maybe you know, maybe you might go back into the game and get representation. Yeah. Who, 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 what, who, and what has been your biggest inspirations? Yeah. For that path. That's always an interesting question because I really feel like a big thing that was difficult for me, especially after graduation, is because I felt like I didn't see a lot of direct inspirations for the path that I wanted to go down, but I saw a bunch of these different people doing these different things, but never one person doing it all. Um, I think that uh, artistically, just as far as how they operated in the industry, um, how they maneuver now, and being a director, an actor, producer, and being on film and TV and on the stage, I've always been extremely inspired by Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad. Hmm. And people don't really talk about them a lot because they don't have any scandal. That's the only reason why people don't talk about them. And they're behind the scenes a lot. They're behind the scenes a lot because they already did they're in the front work. They're working with young people and bringing them up. Um, one of my highlights of 2015 was to just go and read for Felicia Rashad Man. for a show that I knew I wasn't going to book. I knew I couldn't book it. I knew I didn't even have time to be a part of the production. But I was like, I have to go in front of her. Like, I have to see this woman. She was everything I needed her to be. Everything. And I'm like, yo, I met one of my 
one of my inspirations in life. But was she was she Claire? Like who? Like if you could describe one of her characters, was she's she totally Claire? Oh man, I love Claire. She's. Totally There's this picture Claire. of her on Tumblr that I have that I retumbled years ago, and it's like her in the kitchen as Claire from the Cosby Show, like hair is like whipped mm -hmm. and fresh, and just oh, she's, she's looking that, amazing. More artistic and less of a lawyer. Hmm. She's like in all black and very like astute like she and, and, and she generous energetically just with like what she puts out and super composed and she oh man she, she's amazing and that even was even more inspirational to me to be like you know what not just what type of artist do I want to be but like what type of old black woman do I want to be Felicia Rashad right. like she is just effortlessly elegant and composed and inspiring so she was somebody even when I was young and, and Debbie Allen when I was young I was like yo like they're like really talented and they're doing what they want to do you've never seen them you haven't seen them do any bullshit they just refuse because they know their worth I'm like nah I'm not gonna do that Word. and they do a lot of stage work which I think helps preserve that for people of color specifically. I would love to hear what Felicia Rashad thinks about Fences since she was in the play. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear I miss the play, thinks. I'm mad, but I I, I, I have a good, um, I have a good relationship with the film. I saw it twice already, but mm -hmm. I, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, I like it. I didn't want to yeah. say, I didn't want to like, yeah. I, I try not to, I do, or I do my best not to give my point of view on art unless people have seen it mm -hmm. because I want people to form their own opinions yeah. um, versus like come in and be influenced yeah. so like if you tell me this album's really good I'm gonna go in like yo it's gonna be good and then, I, and then oh, like so yeah. like now I have like a little bit of your bias going into mm -hmm. how I listen to it and like I just kind of want to go into it with fresh eyes fresh ears yeah fresh senses and just kind of but I, yeah I, I would love to see what she thinks about that what do you think about her daughter because um, her daughter was in stick fly I saw her and then she she did um she's in uh billions mm -hmm. And she did something recently. Like I said, she's kind of blowing up. Like yeah. very subtle little roles, yeah. but I think she's super talented. Um, I'm interested to see like what direction she goes in. You know, I think that she's an actor. Right. So that should be interesting to see which direction. So she's not a creator yet. She chose. You know, I don't know her. You but haven't from seen what it. I'm seeing, right. She she hasn't really presented herself as as being a, a creator in that way. So hmm. I'm interested in seeing what type of actor she will be. Um, I think she's super talented though, and I do enjoy watching her work. Word. Yeah. Word. Okay. I think another one of my like big inspirations, of when I, and I think about this in a more like entertainment career wise, Diana Ross, big time. Wow. That's, she was a great example of somebody who was like doing all these different things at a time when like people were like you do one thing you either are a singer or you're an actor or you're a model or you're this thing and she actually was like no I'm going to do them all and I'm going to do them all relatively well I'm going to be known for all of them for being relatively good at all of them you know she that's was. a debate that some people try to have now but I'm like no she was like, a beast Ross is a beast at everything that she's done she she was like a Beyonce before Beyonce oh, too like Beyonce is like Janet Diana Ross like yeah. it's, it's crazy Definitely. word word okay I think you have and we talked about it before I, I gotta get you out of here because you gotta go but I think looking at those inspirations and then looking at the body of work that you've created and then knowing each other personally and just kind of being in, in similar creative circles, it seems like a lot of your community 
has contributed to that inspiration, no? Like yeah. obviously doing the the record the the record cover for Jesse, um, then being in the record, being as part of another record, mm -hmm. Zoo Guru, um, and then just kind of like you know, it seems like these people are inspiring. Like how 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 much does community play into the work that you're doing and like those collaborations and stuff like that? And we talked about that before in Harlem, yeah. but you know, just so we can kind of revisit that because it's something else we just kind of talk about. I'm always for collaborative things and how I work with people. So, um, but I think that that serves as inspiration to other people as well to know that like, yeah, I'm doing this on my own, but don't but don't think that there's not a community oh, or people yeah. behind me that aren't supporting or, you know, producing behind the scenes, maybe because their name might not be on it or they might not be visible or whatever, mm -hmm. like they're definitely playing a part. So. I, I, how important has that been for just your process? Extremely important. Um, community is everything for the work that I do. I literally have people coming out of the woodworks all the time offering, being generous and giving me their time, which is I think one of the most sacred things you can offer somebody. Like somebody can pay you for something, but if someone's actually offering you their time. You can't get that shit back. You can't get that back. So I'm super, super appreciative and humbled by the fact that community has been so supportive of me. And um, I, I think that community is also why my work reaches the, the masses in the way in which it does. Like word of mouth, people share it, people talk about it, people do podcasts and continue to push the work forward years after it's come out, you know, like constant, constant support from the community. And I'm actually in the program that I'm building and in the curriculum that I'm building, I incorporate collaboration as one unit in my lessons that's for my dope. students, they, you need to know that that's a big part of being an independent artist, but in general, working in this world. You're gonna have to collaborate and work with people, and when you're an artist, it's kind of the, the, the positive, the plus side is that you get to have all these other creative minds that you bounce ideas off of, and you guys just build and evolve and grow artistically together. So I'm also really particular about who and how I collaborate. Um, People hit me up all the time, like wanting to collaborate, and um, I'm always like super humbled and appreciative of it. But I also feel like there has to be reciprocity when it comes to collaboration. We need to be able to be have an even and fair exchange of what we have to offer each other, and I feel like that's also something that needs to be really clear about the idea of even collaboration and bartering within the art community. Yeah. You know, I think that that's a fine line that we also still need to like yeah the business of know. it is is very gets very sticky yeah. when within the community but then also like it get it, it, it begins to be challenging at times when you have a homie or somebody that you know you guys just have synergies to work together but you know i think a lot of people and having had like a little bit of like the creative talent management experiences like used to pay people for that because like you said like time is one of the most valuable commodities that we have um that we can't get back it's a, or it's a commodity you can't get it back you can always get some more money you can't get no more time mm -hmm. so you know when you take somebody's time and then you also like commission them to do work behind it i believe just in paying them you know what i mean or giving them something you know what i mean and, and maybe whether and it could be barter right mm -hmm. to say have an understanding and say all right can you do this? I don't have X, Y, Z for you, but I can do this for you in return. Or if you ever need anything, I can shoot whatever the case may be. Uh, it's just super. It gets sticky sometimes. It gets sticky. And I think that you know one of the reasons I got into just kind of doing a lot of this work is that 
I was just seeing like with Josh and Trav, that's one of the reasons I was working with them. I, I think when we, when we, before we started working, I said to Josh, I was like, yo, like it's cool that G-Star Raw flies you out to Berlin for bread and butter and you get some free clothes and jeans and they take care of your accommodations and travel. But like, what about the checks? Mm-hmm. You know, like in my opinion, people can't continue to use and this whole influencer and social yeah. spirit, like you can't continue to just use people's likeness and use their art or their creativity, you know, without compensating them for yeah. that. And, you know, that's why it's the age of the creative because it's really like placing value on creativity and really showing that like what you do, whether you write, whether you sing, whether you're coming and sitting here with me, whatever the case, like it's very, very valuable. Yeah. It's it's an asset to somebody. It's an inspiration for somebody. It can, it, it can actually legitimately influence something on a grander scale down the line, like versus just like immediate ROI. I say no to things all the time. You have to. And like, and honestly, I'm just like, you know, I think that sometimes you have to have foresight and really have a plan of, and not like, oh, I have this five-year plan, but kind of know where you want to go and what you want to do. So I see a lot of, and I would say probably people who are a bit younger than me, who are like, oh, I'm in this Adidas ad, or I'm in this billboard in some square, or I'm doing this, and these young people are not getting compensated for these things. Because they just want to be cool. And they want to be cool, and they want to be seen momentarily, and I think that that's fine, but like, I'm not... I'm not affiliated with as many brands as I could be because I say no. That's called procurement and curation. Yeah, you have to curate what you want to look like, what you want your brand to be down the line. And I think that's really important because also these brands actually do know your worth. They do know and they've put a price tag on you and it's up for you to decide actually no that's not my worth this capitalism yeah worth. capitalism is real if oh, the, so I mean that's real. it's 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 fucked up but like if you can get somebody for cheaper you're gonna want it like everybody wants to save money of course for the most part yeah but yeah like I want to get to a point where I can just always and that's every time I work with somebody or do something I'm always just like you know, how can I get somebody a bag so when mm-hmm. you came to Harlem I'm like all right cool like this is just a pl- this is a this is a platform yeah. where you can do whatever you want to do with it. You want to sell something. Yeah. You want to you want to show something new that you worked mm-hmm. on. You want to you know what I mean? And 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 it's interesting because off of that, other opportunities have come for other like for people out of just that night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the series just in itself. And you know that's what I look to continue to build. Like looking at I was just on. Um, you did it with a beer. The first one that I did with Jenna Bell mm-hmm. and Lily Lopez. Mm-hmm. Lily just got featured by, um, what's the name of the new film? The women's film, NASA. Um, Something women with, gosh, why, Taraji Henson. Taraji's and, and in Janelle there. Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae, that film. Yeah. Um, whatever the name of the film is, yeah. Lily just got like, I, I don't know how they did it, but they like feature. So for me, that's like fulfilling is like, yo, like, dang, this is dope. Like the monthly playlist I do, mm-hmm. I was watching like Power mm-hmm. or watching something and like one of the, and I, I'm not saying it came off of me, but it's like, you know, this platform, yeah, this platform is just like for exposure. It's yeah. for opportunity. It's to help, you know, whether it's getting you some money, whether it's helping you with exposure, whether it's giving you the resources or all three and the same sort of thing, yeah. boom, like that's, that's what I'm about. And that's why I, created this and I just think it's dope and also you know you have other creatives yeah and for me it's about community yeah. you know agent creative is building the creative community and fostering the building of that and being able to compensate people and say like hey there's value with this creative's work mm-hmm. and no you can like I had to do it you know without getting too into detail like when I worked with Josh and Tra- I had to do it a lot mm-hmm. with 
people that reach out to them because I'm like, nah, like this, we can't, they can't do this, you know? And from a business perspective, sometimes we'd be like, they'd be upset, but it's like, yo, man, like you got, I always saw like as friends, as brothers, but then also from a business perspective, I saw and I see how valuable they are. Mm -hmm. And I know that they could grow their business and monetize that and not monetize that in a way of like capitalization, but yeah. now you have to place value on your work. You know what I mean? And so it's just an interesting place of like, you know, that whole barter and yeah, you know, collaboration and collaboration's dope, man. That's that's how I work, but it's interesting space of like it is. You know, figuring that out and, you know, being able to do you, do you like go into certain things and have agreements with people? Like, you know, like maybe with Medusa's daughters or like you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just people that you just if you have like a synergy, do you just kinda like say, All right, cool, yeah. I can't do this much, but I'm gonna do it because I fuck with you and. Yeah, all the time. Even um, there was a production that I worked on, actually a, a web series, hmm. and I literally just didn't have the time, and they didn't have the budget to make sure that I had the time. But I really did want to be a part of the project because I felt like it was pushing culture forward. I felt like it was something that needed to be seen, and I felt like the character was really interesting, and I was really into it. So I'm like, I can't take on a big role but I can take on a small role and I can commit maybe two days a week as opposed to shooting five days a week with everybody else. You know, sometimes I feel like those kind of exchanges can happen or if I'm working with a photographer and they're like, oh, or I'm like, hey, I need a photographer. I need to update some images from my website. I have this concept for this shoot. They're like, all right, cool. You can do your concept for your shoot, but I also need to do some studio lit backdrop stuff. Like, are you free for that? And so, okay. Sure, we'll do two hours of what I got to do, two hours of what you got to do. We've just made it happen, you know. And then there are other things where I'm like, you know, you need to just have a budget. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, you just got to have a budget for this. Like, this is crazy. But um, for the most part, I'm always interested in trying to work with people and, and barter and create community because I feel like I'm also in the process of building something. And I want people who I see have integrity to be a part of that with me. Word. So if I see you and you see me and you see me working and you see me grinding and you see that I'm out here really doing something and when I reach out to you, you're kind of like brushing me off and you seem like you're not really interested. When I do have things solidified, I may feel like you might not be the right fit for the team because I know that what I'm building is somebody who has, building with people who have foresight, who see that we're building towards something, not just trying to make something happen in this moment. Yeah. So. It doesn't always, it's not always about the bottom dollar immediately. Yeah. And that's a tough thing to, to straddle because I, I, I juggle with that a lot. Yeah. Says entrepreneurs, like, this is a dope, like, but I like, I need to pay my bills. You know what I mean? That's like, real. this, you know, this, I, th yeah. these free clothes, you know, and I don't really take free, but like, there's people out here on these Living Adidas ads and, yeah. you know, doing this free clothes and, and like, Instagram following. Has money. Has I mad did money. did a commercial with Adidas for their some kind of anniversary with Run DMC, small cameo commercial. You see me for about five to ten seconds, you know what I'm saying? And I was in the print or something. I never even seen the images, but I got eight checks. I don't care sometimes when it comes to these brands and them telling me, oh, I can get you exposure to this. I may not even ever see the images. But you can get the exposure on yourself, yeah. I can do that. We have the internet. <laughs> you can create your own exposure. You can Facts. do your own PR at this point. That's why that job is almost obsolete at this point. Very, very factual. So when I see that, you know, these kids are like doing these Calvin Klein ads and they're like in Adidas ads and they're not getting any bread. I'm like, they have stacks on stacks on stacks. 
I've done way less work than you. Way less of my time was spent, and I got checks. You have to squeeze it out. You know. That's, that's a, again. That's a lot of the. That's a whole nother that's conversation. A whole other conversation. But yeah, yeah like. This is a lot of how I went into the talent management work is the same, like, yo, like, you, you, you can do this. And it wasn't about me. It's like, yo, we need to, let's build your business. Mm -hmm. You know, let's create the value and, and really show what you have. So that's dope, man. That's, I didn't even know you did the DS. I'm gonna go look for it now, shit. The checks came, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, too. And you're getting big checks. You got the Netflix, you, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you eating out here. I'm this excited. This is a job, though, that for me, it's not about, working super hard it's about working really smart like if i'm choosing projects that are like super commercial and mainstream i want to know that i'm going to get residuals for the next two years facts you know i want to know that when i'm asleep that there's money that's still coming in because True. i'm creating work that's sustaining itself and that is influencing inspiring and entertaining generations yeah and that's completely separate from me being this artist and what I'm creating, and I'm fine with that. That's dope, that's dope. Okay, so we, we gotta get you out of here. Last question, what does it mean to you to be a creative? To me, um, being a creative is having a vision and having an intention, and then carrying it, carrying it through. I feel like people's creative outlets are so vast. It could be culinary, it could be mechanical, it could be architectural, it could be performative, but I feel like if you have an intention, if you have a goal, if you have a passion, if you're pushing it forward and seeing it through and you're committed to it, you're creative. Word. You're making something happen. Word, and okay. And I feel like for me, that, that's the bottom line. Like, what are you doing with your intentions? You're manifesting them. True. That I mean, that's a great note to end on. Shoot, I'm, I'm inspired with that. And yeah. when I listen back to it, I'm just gonna take that and run with that. And I think hopefully somebody can take something that's listening to this can take something from that and run with that themselves and, and dive into what they wanna do, what they wanna be, because you just have an interesting story and there's, I've known you for years and there's things I'd learned mm -hmm. even just sitting here today. So I'm super, super inspired. Where can we find you on social? Is it, is it Gypsy Bruja? How do you, like, yeah. do I say it wrong? Okay, so Bruja. Bruja, okay. Yeah, Bruja is witch in Spanish. Okay. Um, I have some Afro-Cuban heritage and so, that's the only way that I've honored that is okay. the moniker that I've chosen for myself. But um, yeah, online, I'm Gypsy Bruja everywhere. How do you spell that? Gypsy, G-Y-P-S-Y, and Bruja, B-R-U-J-A. Okay. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter gets crazy. I saw your tweets the other day. Somebody was hot. Yo, that was some crazy tweet. I was cracking up. I have fun on Twitter. I always talk to people who follow my work. That's one of the few places that I'm super, like, communicative and like open with like my network and my fans of people and um and i get mad love so i give love back i talk a lot of shit you do i talk a I lot peeped. of shit and um it's one of the few places where i get to show um i think aspects of my my less serious side my side that's a little bit more like fuck the world this is what it is but we're here so what are we gonna do about it true true okay Cool, I'll have those in the show notes to everybody where you're at on social. And um, yeah, just follow Trey. She also has some dope things going on uh, at Medusa's Daughters as at well. Medusa's Daughters as well, Instagram. Yes. On Instagram, um, also on Twitter. 
Yeah, so Our website treeharris.com. T R A E. Yes. Harris.com. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has a bunch of dope stuff going on. So follow Trey and um, just even from a writing and educational perspective, she has some dope things going on. So um, definitely feel free to connect with her there. I'll have all this in the show notes. Uh, and then also, just again, thank you guys, everybody that's been listening, oh, thank you. all the feedback, um, everybody that's just been supporting Age of the Creative. Feel free to hit me up. You need help with anything. You need a writer. Obviously, Trey. You need a photographer. You, whatever creative needs you have, mm-hmm. feel free to hit me up. Um, I can help where I can, or point you in the direction of somebody that could do some work for you and you know make it mutually beneficial. So, don't ever take ever hesitate to reach out. Again, I'm on social at at creative underscore Ian, or just email me. I'll have those in the show notes as well. But thanks again, guys, for listening, and happy happy New Year to everybody. And stay tuned for more to come out of this year and more to come with Trey as well like I, w- I definitely want to get you back at some point yeah, definitely. we didn't have enough time just because of things that are happening but there's so much we can talk about mm-hmm. so we can do this in a couple different conversations love to come back thank you so much yes.